I just want to start from the outset to say that any decision we make today may change tomorrow. In order to have the best expert advice, we have commissioned... Supercoach 360. <laughs> the time's going up. It's recording. And now, ladies and gentlemen, time for the show. Mate, 100%. We need to find out why they think it's okay to say anything. It's certainly one of the greatest challenges in the history of the game. That's what they want to try and do. Megastar to megastar! In this regard, we're leaving every option on the table. Excellent. Oh, what was that, something special! You know what? Uh, that's not talent. Oh. Supercoach 360! The best way to handle these things is to stay measured, stay calm, you know, live your life as normal. Unless we start finding it off the people... Who actually Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. G'day, welcome to Supercoach 360. How you doing? Jazzy J in the coach's box. Rain, hail, shine, or flood. Of course, we're coming to you from Western Sydney. We've moved to the... uh, Coach's Caravan of Courage here out in uh, Windsor. So the water's just around the corner, but it's all right. Apparently she's a boat. She floats. Um, so here's hoping... Nah, we'll get through. We're, we're all right. But uh, our thoughts go out to everybody who is exp- uh, impacted by the floods at the moment. It's pretty rough four times in a year. Con, what did you keep saying? Fourth hundred-year flood or thousand-year flood? Yeah, third or oh, second at least thousand-year flood in the last three months. So. We're on good track at the moment. How was your week, Super Coach Wise, buddy? What's going on? How you doing? Get some life in here, Con. Um, yeah, no, well, I won all my leagues, but same. I did all right this week. A lot of them don't mean anything at the moment, but I feel I'm still in a good position for two of them, so they're the main ones. Um, but all in all, pretty good week. No injuries to speak of, serious ones. So, yeah. Good week, I guess. Yeah, sweet as. We've got lots to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to talk about trades, what you should do uh, with the run home and trades-wise, depending on where you're at. Uh, we're going to talk about PAPS a lot because it's PAPS. Oh, man, we're missing Louie tonight, and believe me, we're noticing it. We miss you, Louie. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about Paps a lot. Uh, we're going to talk about Haas being out injured. When will the resting start? Uh, we've got Brad Smith's put through some contribution. He's feeling a little bit better this week. Shout out to Braddo. Ross Smith's put through a buy-hold sell yes, as well, all up on the website, Supercoach360. We've got a bunch to talk about. We're uh, officially the Wednesday night late show now because we just keep getting late week Tuesday after week after week. Show. Tuesday night. There we go. <laughs> Bang. 100%. This dude knows what's up. Can you tell? Whoa, kids' Big birthdays destroy killer. me, man. Kids' birthdays <laughs> all weekend. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a bunch to talk about. Uh, let's start with Pappy. You boys both owners. Shout yeah. out, Burns. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, owner. Uh, How'd you get him? You held on? or? Nah, nah. I had to sell Nat Butcher and 
I think I sold Tamari Martin and I had some bank. So I moved Ezra down to six when I got rid of Tamari Martin, put Nico Hines up and brought in Pappenhausen. Can't remember what I did with the other one. It was I brought in Pereira. That's right, through the jewels. You got Paps. Um, just because I knew he'll play this week and he'd probably score okay. Um, but yeah, got Paps. And I didn't balls up. I didn't balls up and captain him. I VC'd him. Um, and then I decided to loop when it was too late. And then I got stuck <laughs> with IPAPS 38, yeah. which hurt me a lot. But that's that's what happens when you loop and don't just balls up, you know. And oh, the purists, was, all the purists are laughing at me. So they hate the loop. So I was in a similar predicament, but not as bad. Yeah. Like, didn't just balls up and Captain Paps as I spruced last week. Yeah. Um, I decided to BC him and go with Cleary, which, yeah, cost me over 100 points in the end. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't cost me a head-to-head, so... It cost me nearly it. nearly all my head-to-heads. Yeah, that, see, so. that, that would make me really cranky. Yeah, so very upset. But it's, that's just been my year. I've had the worst... Worst super coach year. I think I've seen Red Arrow six weeks in a row. I don't think even in my shitter times I've ever done that. So yeah. that's that's a new record for me this year. Uh, <laughs> like try, you achieve something, man. Try to get better next year. <laughs> but yeah, like, in saying that, super coach, mate, someone's got to go shit, you know. It's a fickle bitch. Might as well be me. We've all been there in the past by yeah, the We're newbies, all there. So. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're talking paps and how to get him, like, how do you go about getting him in? Like, if you don't have him... If I don't like, have him, and if I don't have a bank, I'm just sacrificing a gun somewhere for someone who could potentially make money or yep. just enough just to get Paps in. you got to get him, I mean, eh? No like barge, you've got to have him. He's going to be the guy you'll, mi- you'll miss out if you don't have him. I think so. Like, oh, I took, he was on bugger all points. And he's he on four, 20, four minutes, he scored like 90 points. He was on 25. Not 90, but that was... He was on 25 or 30 points at 70-minute mark. And I had a full buyer's regret. I'm like, this is fucked. I've spent 900 grand on this dude. He's done nothing. And then bang. Scored a try. Set a set try. Up. Scored another one. And, and, you know, so to his credit, he's only going to get better from here. You'd only assume that was his first week back in how many weeks? Ten. Six or seven of that one. Yeah, so I think he only. I think he got injured in round nine, so oh, it's yeah. almost ten weeks. Yeah, so eight weeks. Long stint on the sideline and come back and do well. So yeah, I feel he's he's the guy you got to get, and at, at heaven and earth cost, I'd I'd sacrifice a Teddy or someone for him. Personally, me. Hundred percent. You can yeah. get Teddy back later, later date off here. Yeah. I uh I moved Munster on last week. Uh just in a desperate move to grab Paps. Don't regret a thing. Um I'll figure out how to get Munster back. I mean I'm pretty much just waiting on uh well Tamari and Ezra to juice it like juice up. Tamari's Tamari, hurt. Huh? Well that that's it. So I'll I'll move Tamari on, but I've got to try and juice Ezra at the same time to be honest. Tamari yeah, done Ezra, and sitting there. Ezra can sit there for a while, I feel. Yeah, that well depends on how long. I, I don't think there's any necessity to sell Ezra. I'm gonna give him a couple of games and then hopefully go back to Munster, but then I've got to figure out how to get you know the cash for Trell 
um, and get him down in my fullback for the run home. But I believe we're going to talk about that later because you've been juicing the run home and you were trying to put together your dream team. Uh, so what do you do if you're a non-owner, boys? I mean... Get him. Yeah, but how? Do you gut your team? Look, I wouldn't... Or, or what's the pathway to do it? Like, where should you be at? Because I feel he is a must-have. For me, I wouldn't be selling one of my solidified guns like a Nathan Cleary or I might do the play you did and sell the monster just because you won't see him again till 18, maybe 19, you know. Um, so, no, nah. totally disagree. Whatever cash cows you've got available in your centre wing, like row, front row. Don't have any. You... None, not a single one. Or even a back row or a front rower. Yeah, who don't... you don't feel is a genuine top 17 keeper in your last game, get rid of them for enough, get Paps. Use that cash for Paps. Just get Paps at whatever means necessary. This is your week to do it if you've, if you've boosted your ass off too because you get your extra trade. So you can afford to maybe sacrifice, like make the sacrifice of, I don't know, um... A, a second rower if you've maybe got an extra or maybe if you've got like a pain house or something in the front row even a lolo maybe when once cotter comes back i can see lolo well okay what you got to ask yourself is is it worth having three premium front rowers well i know a lot of the top teams are only running two at the moment a lot of them are which could be to their detriment later on, but they're up the top, so. Um, but if you're running three, it might be worth just sacrificing one to enough just to get Paps in. Because if top teams are only running two and getting away with it, there might be something to that. Well, if you remember last week, a lot of people were banking on him coming back and having a semi-quiet game and... And making a hundred grand, and it hasn't happened for him. Like you, Sanks' advice in the countdown show was, "Don't buy this week." There's no way he would break even, and people blowing up on Facebook about. Well, speaking, it. Oh, I, heard, oh. I heard Timmy Williams also mentioned on SEN Radio, "Don't get him this week. He's going to drop a shitload of cash." Wait. So um, well, what that we... was a popular opinion out there, which which was granted. You can't see where they're coming from. Yeah, I just didn't think it was worth the risk. Like, yeah, he's missed that much football, and they need him so much, especially with Munster out. Yeah, well, like you talked about earlier with us, um, Paps made money <laughs> after falling short of his break even. So that was... Well, on Tuesday, when we did the last show, his break even was 145. 150-something, wasn't it? 145. And then he scored 135 and made 1.6 or 1.7K or something. Instead, of he should have lost 7.5K. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I don't know what happened. Miscalculation somewhere? No. I like I've noticed it throughout the years with numerous injured players who are looking to get back in when they're coming back. And even though they don't play for six weeks, their break-even continuously changes every week throughout those six weeks, even though they haven't taken a field. So why does their break-even continuously change every week when nothing has changed with them? 
I'm not sure. Maybe it just gets adjusted with the round. Um, but maybe why? because they haven't played. Their yeah, stats but maybe, changed. but maybe with the end, like maybe it goes off a season rolling thing. So once that week's played, it just readjusts naturally, um, because that's what you've you've got to get to see out the season or so something that like that. I'm not magical sh- number, as they love to call it, continuously changes round by round. Well, but you'd saying? assume it's on an algorithm anyway, so yeah, I reckon it would change round by round because it'd but be... But shouldn't we have a set one at the start of the year and that's it? Yeah, but people's, run off that. People's, people's, it shouldn't be a rolling... People's prices can fluctuate so much. So I understand they can. Yeah, and it have some, like, I don't mathematically know the, the answer to this, but I'm guessing it has well, something to do with your threes what and What you fives. said right there is the only thing you can put it down to is... The money system is based on a continuously changing magic number that has a base price for these players. Yeah. Which, therefore, I think doesn't help super coaches who are trying to predict so far into the future if this number keeps changing. Well, if it's not changing dramatically, like if he's not going from, say, 140 to 70, it's it's only if it's only going up and down, say, that, 14 to 20 points... But he lost, instead of losing 8K or whatever this week, he's gained 2K. So there's 10,000 difference. And then that, therefore, then changes his break-even again for next week to be lower. So then he needs less points to achieve his break-even again. Yeah. So these players that are sitting there, and we've been there plenty of times who are $1,600, $1,400 short yeah. of that gun player to bring into your team when we didn't have boost and we could do nothing about it. People would be in that situation now with Paps, which I don't think is fair. Yeah, they would have budgeted for him to be at this price, even if he got this score or whatever. And now that subtle change there alone could be the big difference to having him this week or not having him this well, week. We all know ten grand, massive money. A hundred dollars sometimes you can be like, oh my. God. Yeah, like, so yeah, I get what you like. It's it's a big thing. Like, um, I've lost the book, but yeah, like for me, I, like I don't notice that much into it. Like you. You've obviously dived into that a lot further. Yeah, than well, I this, have, this like. isn't the first time I've noticed. Uh, like Turbo, his break evens changed numerous times while he's been out injured, whether he's played or not. It's I just don't understand why. If a player's not playing, their break even should not change, no matter what else happens in the Supercoach competition. In my opinion, yeah. If their stats haven't changed, their break even shouldn't change. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Paps, we were all said, yeah, Paps is a must-get at all costs. Doesn't matter how you get him. Not at all costs. Sacrifice one gun, get him in. Yeah. Don't sacrifice three guns for a couple of mid-rangers who could be potential upgrades later on. But all right, Sacrifice can you, one gun for enough, can get you, Paps in. Simple. Can you foresee a world where you can go without him? Well, absolutely you can. He could obviously get injured next week. Yeah, he could, but... but well, his name as starting fullback for the Storm, in my opinion, you want him in your supercoach team. No if, buts, maybes. Yeah. Chuzzy, what do you got on your list, bud? Do you, want to do, you not, do you agree with that? Or? Yeah, 100%. That's why I got him. I had to get him last week because I didn't want to miss... Hey, I didn't want to miss being one of the first ones on and getting those points, even though I crueled myself with captaincy, but... You still got 135. I still got him, you know what I mean? And for me, that was a good get because now, like you said, and, and with money changing, you don't know if the people they were banking on to do well 
have done well and they might not have the cash to move him on as well. So, well, especially if the the drop people were well, estimating on him, like it was but stupid money. A lot of people, I think, were estimating on Teddy to pretty much hold steady last week at like over seven hundred and fifty plus thousand dollars, and perhaps to drop a shitload, and then they're going to do the clean swap. But instead, Paps went up and Teddy dropped, I think, 50-odd K. Yeah. So, and they lost 70 points. Yep. So, yeah, he's, he's a definite must for me. I, I, I'll i find, I'd find a way, no matter what. Um, But in sometimes that's not achievable for everyone to find the way. You might not be able to get there. Um, stepping stone-wise, can you, can you spear anyone into a semi-stepping stone or there's just... You're going to have to juice somewhere else to get the money for down oh, there. I think you're more relying on Paps to lose money yeah. than to get a good enough stepping stone to get to Paps. Yeah. You're relying on more of a bad run of form from him, which in that case, that you don't really want to buy him anyway if he's on a terrible run, even if he dropped down that price. Yeah. So, get him. Get him. Does he? Uh, alrighty. So, Pappenhausen's pretty much sorted. Yeah. Bad refing decisions, boys. So, the rest have had a few corkers lately. There's been, look, I mean, cons. I can see the rage burning, building behind him. Um, Berg's, Berg's, well, this is actually Berg's rant to have, yeah. but I can feel like Gregory's going to get out. I think Gregory's got an opinion on this, so I'm just going to throw to you, Berg's. What's been the bad refing decisions and... I think it comes down to it comes down to all work. At some point, you just hit a bit of a lull, and and they seem to be in a lull and really not officiating games to their full potential. Like there was a couple of calls on the weekend for, for me anyway, like that were a bit contentious, uh, especially in the Panthers Roosters game where I feel Roosters were well in that game and the refs. Granted, you're doing the wrong thing. A penalty is a penalty, but the refs really not when a penalty is not a penalty. Well, that second one, that's that second that one. That Beryl's tackle on Sorensen. That was solid. In no world whatsoever is that a penalty. Yeah. So, and they didn't do anything wrong then to then concede to kick out, try two or three tackles later, which all but put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Well, they were, they were well and truly in that game. They were up for that game. Yeah. I, I think our message, real message, and. Earlier on in the piece, and I said, the Roosters look up for it. And you said, no, nah, they're going to blow them off the park. I said, no. Nah, Even nah. at our time, I was still confident the Panthers would run away with it. And I said, no, nah, the Roosters really look up for it. And without those calls, Panthers still win, but... Oh, do they? Yeah, without those calls... It, I don't know. It, it is a much better contest. And... That's what we want to see, and well, and, and our super coach suffered from that. Like I, had, I've still got Angus Crichton. Angus Crichton, like you said earlier, when we were just chatting off air, the penalty went too far. Like they, the advantage went too far, in my opinion. Like either give it, give him the send off, send him for ten straight away, or don't let it go eight tackles. It, well, it, it was definitely a simbinable offence, and the ref should have stopped it there and then, but. To let it play on for two tackles, and then award at six again, and then let him have another two or three tackles, and then they make an error to then go back and penalise it and send him off. I think, and then put I don't him like straight back on the front foot again. If if you haven't 
run your t- two tackles and then got a six again and then run another two plays, if that's not advantage taken, what is? Does it take for them to score well, a try uh, yeah, before it, they have to negate, in, negate 60 seconds of play to go back five plays to send someone else? In the instance of, like, foul, foul play like that, I'm pretty just sure. Just award it straight away then. Well, do they, it that there should, and then. Don't play sh- on. Just do it. They should. It's If it's clear cut, they already lose the man. Doesn't matter about advantage. You're going to advantage for 10 more minutes. Like, doesn't matter about the advantage. And that's the whole reason I'll make it slows But then down. If, the, if they do score the try... Is it like a penalty try situation where old mate then does not go to the bin? I think so. I think he can't be sent to the bin then because that's what the whole idea of the advantage is. So how far does this advantage go? To the if, try. If, but if they force drop drop out, is that advantage play? Nah, or do nah. we still go back I, for I the think, send-off I, I think we go back for the send-off there. Like, like that's what I mean. Like, where's where's the line? I don't how know. They do don't, I don't think they do. I think sometimes they make it up like they as brought, they go. They brought like, this shit in two years ago. When they first started six again, they'd let a set of six go, and then they'd go back 70 metres, five plays, and rule a penalty. And well, it quickly got fucking shitted out of the game. And now, to introduce it for this one-off occasion three years later, like, it just well, doesn't they're, flow. They're back to doing, uh, and this really irritates me, the, the refs don't know what they're doing, like, because sometimes they'll blow the six again when it should be the penalty, then they tell them to go back, kick for touch. So, or the other way around. They're inside the 40, they tell, oh, blow penalty, and then it's like, hold on, oh, no, go back and play the ball because it's meant to be a six again. It's like, well, technically it's meant to be a penalty. Just kick the fucking ball. Like, the ref's biggest problem is <sighs> they've never played football. They don't understand actual football. They just adjudicate by the rules they're given and what they're taught. Just suits me. Like, you can see, as someone who's grown up playing some football, just the common sense cause that these black and white rules just kill. Like an obstruction, 30 metres on the inside where a try scored over the other side of the field. And no oh, bet. let's come back for an obstruction. But it had, we all know it had no absolutely nothing yeah. to do with that. But according to the rules. But these referees in the bunkers, they just don't understand the it. The bunkers getting better with the no, grey. the bunkers getting worse, I think. Fucking <laughs> 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 hateable. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, that's just... Refs, for me, are going to cruel the game. Like, they they do, and it's at that point, again, this year, where they're now starting to cruel the game a bit more, like... Well, the prime example, as I was saying on NRL 360 last night, was Ben Hunt last weekend on the Raiders, where they were attacking the line. There was about 15 seconds ago or something. He come in, deliberately flopped on a player to hold him down longer, and the refs, oh, six again. And then he got up and wasn't square at marker and chopped the hooker down straight away. Six again. And then time expired. Yeah. How does that help the fucking Raiders? Yeah. It, it... Like they said, he needed to grow some cojones, blow a penalty, send Ben Hunt off the field. Well, there needs to be a line for for the six again. This well, is probably the, what the, they the, should work the out. The referees have the discretion. If they feel it's penalty. gone too far, he can penalise him. And that's within the rules. I think they just this is easier oh, for them. So they just but it's he's it keeps the game going fast. Like but in that in that situation, what they say, he has to have game awareness. Like they're clearly doing these professional fouls because they know the Raiders can't win. Yeah, if yeah, yeah, hold yeah, them yeah, down. yeah. So the refs got to do something. I'm Could that? Yeah, fuck the refs, eh? 
Um, so yeah, uh, all right. While we just talk, we'll go back to Supercoach. Um, when do you think the resting starts for some of these? For some of the, I know some teams can't afford to rest players, but some of these top teams will, like the Penriths and the Melbournes. Well, so um, I, I don't know. Well, I, that one. I can see Penrith definitely resting. Penrith, absolutely. Um, and for me, it'd be. It'd be pretty much after Origin as well. If I'm Ivan, I'm resting from round 18 to probably round 20. Yeah. And then having everyone play four or five consecutive weeks leading up into finals through finals. Yeah. Because they're clear. They're minor premiers. No if, buts, maybes. Yeah. Well, worst, yeah, what are they? case scenario, they're home semi. Are they three, are they three wins clear at this point? I think, I think they're two... Proper wins clear, and then their four ends pretty week. much sets them three wins apart. Well, they have the bye this week, which guarantees them, and the Sharks could beat Melbourne. Could like massive could, but not a massive could. I mean, like small could, but, but could. Cowboys have the bye, and they're on same amount of points as Melbourne, so they will move into second, two points ahead of Melbourne if Melbourne lose. Ah, so yeah. For and against wise, yeah, though, that's, Melbourne that's the would be way in front. I don't imagine way in front after they had those two dud weeks where they got spanked by 30. Yeah, but they put 70 on one team, 50 on another. Like They put some big, big scores on teams that didn't score points against them. So I know Penrith's 300 and something in front and Melbourne was nearly 100 behind last time I seen. So not 100% on what that but is. Mel- but Melbourne definitely don't have the luxury of previous seasons of resting their stars if they want. Home final advantage. Now, what about others? Like, what about others that um might not be vying for them top spots, but still might be in the look in the hunt for the eight? But players have had big seasons. Can you see? Oh well, there you go. Penrith are actually three clear wins ahead, plus a hundred points in four and against, so almost four wins. Yeah. So yeah, that's monstrous. Um. So yeah. So, but it's. It's good for Supercoaches because the Roosters don't have the luxury. They're fighting to be in the eight. They can't rest players. They can't rest your Teddies and Manus and stuff like that. Yeah. Rabbitohs, they're struggling to be in the eight. Parramatta, they want a top four place. Eels, uh, sorry, Broncos, Sharks, Cowboys, they all want top four, if not top two. Yeah. So the luxury of resting this year, I feel, you Isn't... have to do it early. Or so you don't can, do it. So you can produce at the back end. So, yeah, there will be these next couple of rounds, probably 18, 19, 20, like you said, that you'll see the rest coming in. Like can, I, I get you want to have a fit and healthy squad at the end of the year, but as we know, if you don't finish top four, you don't win the comp. Yeah, yeah, it even helps more top two, really. You know you're in a better stead if you're at home. Like especially and if second chance, especially if you're a Melbourne taking on the Cowboys. Either way you look at that, like if if Melbourne have to go up there, hot as. If you have to go down there, it's still pretty cold. It so changes the odds drastically. It does. Way. It does. Whereas if Sydney, Sydney games, Sydney games. So like Penrith, whatever. Yeah, Penrith or Parramatta, it's no difference. No difference. But there is. You got the home atmosphere and you know the ground. Well, in saying that, like, like everything slopes different. Everything's well, it does. Flies. But Penrith, Penrith for me, 
they're, they're about to lose their stadium, aren't they? No, i got some exciting news for you. Oh, there's a reneg. Is it exciting? No, there is no reneg. It was announced today, actually, that the New South Wales government is about to acquire the Paceway. We will be at Blue Bet Stadium all through 2023 while they build a new stadium next door on the bigger site. Right, my, my uh, what happened to the trotters, mate? My question I don't, is, they, I don't know. They'll what, get confiscated, no doubt. What is wrong with Penrith Park as it is today? Well, I think it's one of the best grounds to go and watch football at. I, I don't see why you need to change it. I can tell you exactly why. I think they're planning on keeping Penrith Park even afterwards, and they're going to hopefully turn it into a junior hub stadium, sort of like St Mary's League Stadium at the moment. Nah. It's getting an airport, boys. We're about to become a city. It's going to be oh, a big... Middle of <laughs> it's, no, but at Badger's Creek, which is up the road. So yeah, I it, get that. It's, it's a place where people are going to want to go watch football, so it's going to be a, a mini city. So it's going to be a fun time there in 10, 15 years. I just, lo- I just love the way Penrith Stadium is, and I don't feel it needs an upgrade. I, I think, feel, you I feel know there's what? other could suburban you... grounds out there that could use the money. Oh, Leichhardt or something like that, definitely, but... I think Belmore. There's plenty. No, nah, Belmore, Belmore. Why would you put a stadium at Leichhardt? Sorry, I hate to be the one to do this. And because. Maybe it's because I'm the person. No. Why wouldn't you? Well, no, why would you? What major sporting ground is at Leichhardt or in Campbelltown area? Not Campbelltown. Well, that's it. Campbelltown's different. If we're talking Campbelltown, I actually think you should put a stadium out there. But we're not. We're talking Leichhardt. Yeah. Why would you put a stadium at Leichhardt? You wouldn't. You're right. Campbelltown, I mean. There, there you go. I would put one at Campbelltown, but you know what? This idea of Leichhardt, it's a beautiful, old, traditional suburban ground no, for, from a time there when there was one million people in Sydney. Play now there's a stadium. You know what I mean? Like you, I mean, you, you need grounds like Combank. You need good rugby league well, grounds like, because this is the rugby league heartland. Is that what Penrith... You can play one game a year at Leichhardt, but yeah. Is yeah. that what Penrith's aiming to achieve, a Combank? Type stadium, well, I think that's or what the state government would be trying to achieve. Yeah, that's that's hopefully. At I the mean, end of the day, it's like this. They're not building an oval for Penrith. It wouldn't just be for the NRL. Like they want to win like World Cup soccer's and shit like that in the future. Like this all comes down to all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So yeah, I just yeah, I'm I'm on the watch now. I think everyone should be ready for uh, rests, rests, and I especially think Penrith. Will be the ones that can afford to have a rest. How'd you get on the blue bit? Don't know, but we're back to where we started. <laughs> All right, sweet, that's cool. And um, yeah. So, what do we got flowing over there, Juzzy? What do we have flowing? We got Brad Smith actually. He sent us in a PPM video for this oh, week. Yes, Brad. So we're gonna get to that. Um, and he, what Brado has to say, he's feeling a bit better, which is great news. There we go, biggity bam. Take it away, Brad. Evening super coaches, evening to the panel in there at 360. Hope you boys are all doing well and the uh, caravan of chaos is going off. Um, my thoughts and well wishes are with everyone during this uh, hard time down there in Sydney and uh, up on the central coast down the Illawarra that are suffering from any effects of flooding or any other bad effects of this rain event at the moment. Um, it certainly sucks. We just about need an arc. But, yeah, I really do hope everybody is, is safe and well out there. And, and my thoughts are with you. Hope everyone got green arrows last week. Certainly uh, Hopper's finger team. I'm just sitting there treading water at the moment. Um, keep getting good average scores, but nothing that's shooting me up the rankings too fast. 
Uh, if I buy a player, they'll, um, they'll get shin-binned in the first minute of the game and then I'll get taken off with a head assessment in the 15th minute of the game. That's the way my luck's going at the moment. And some years are like that with Supercoach. It uh, can be a vicious game sometimes. And you uh, try as you might and you, you use all the right logic to bring a player in. They just It just sometimes stinks it up for you um, for no apparent reason, you know, beating all logic. Um, now, teamless, of course, are out. There's only four games on this weekend. No doubt the boys are going to sit there and they'll have a good chat about some of the, the obvious ones that everyone will be trying to get, the, the Pappenhausen, uh, the uh, Ryan Madison. Now that he's been named at lock, I think he's, you know, well, you know, I'm going to be trying heaven and earth to try and get him in. Uh, and he'll sit in my team for the rest of the year. So that's that's really what we're after, of course. If you're going to bring someone in now, hopefully they, they'll be sitting there for the duration um, uh, of your super coaching year now. So it's just to try to uh, save as many trades as you can. So I think we've got a few more COVID dramas and a few old, uh, injury upsets yet coming our way. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to try to be a little bit conservative at time on trades. Looks like this week most teams are going to have around about 13, 11 or 13 players. Seems to be about the average where people are going to be sitting. Certainly if you've got 15, 16, um, yeah, wow, you're going to be flying. All right, I'm going to have a look at a couple of players this week outside of the ordinary sort of ones. Uh, there wasn't a lot of cheapies named this week, so um, I've gone to uh, a couple of mid-rangers that are going to make you some really good cash. Um, uh, these mid-rangers are, are nicely positioned. Um, if you have, say, like an Adam Elliott um, and you want to downgrade to one of these, you can make yourself 300 grand with the click of your fingers. Um, and both these players I'm going to talk about in a minute average over 50, so um, I think, you know, yeah, it's a smart move. All right, our first one here. Let's have a look at him. Now, Big Nelson. Nelson Osofa Solomona. 365k so you know geez i haven't heard him at that price for a long time that's nice and cheap averaging at the moment just under 49 so he's just near 50 um what's those averages oh he had a low of 14 a couple of rounds ago in round 14 um and then uh, just before that he had a 26 as well both of them were injury affected um uh, obviously injury affected uh, you take out those two low scores, and his average actually goes up to around about 58. So, uh, you know, 385 for a player that's going to average around 58. You know, that's that's one you really should seriously maybe consider, particularly if it frees up around about two to three hundred grand for you, depending upon who you're selling and downgrading to. Or I'll downgrade, you know, who you're selling to to get to Nelson. Um, you know, I, I think. He, he is a very serious option to, to try to get yourself some money. Um, and certainly as a fourth uh, prop forward going forward, you can just sit him there on your bench, play him against some of the weaker opposition, or when you um, see the bench of the storm looking a bit weak, you can, you know, he, he uh, depending upon Bellamy's rotation, he, he does get more minutes at times. Um, so if you keep an eye on that, you probably going to go quite okay with him he's certainly going to give you a bit of depth to your team um, so now the next one we need to look at uh, is what are we doing here 
Sorry, people, we'll just bring this up for you. Um, yeah, the next one we'll look at is Jackie Bird. Jack Bird, 402k. Now, the time, I did mention him last week around the traps. The time to get on to him was last week. It was 350 last week. Um, but this week, he's still only 402 with an average of 15. I'm um, sorry, a BE of only 15. Three round average of 55 odd. Um, and he's only in 4% of teams. Average of 55 odd is, is nothing to write home about. You know, it's not, not great. Um, but he is increasing as the season goes on. So he is starting to get a little bit more on a, on a, on a bit of a run. Um, and, and certainly when he's parked in there in the second row, he seems to be, his scores seem to be better than when they, they move him around to cover some holes in five eights or something like that. Um, so again, at, at, you know, 55, you're paying 400 for 55. You're selling a, a 600 uh value player down to a 400 you know there's obviously 200 grand that go towards your, your Pappenhausen kit to, to try and get him into your team um, probably the, the biggest the biggest thing we have to remember with Bird is your duel um, so if, if, you know you can easily flick him backwards and forwards between him, Talakai, him Targo um, the, the duels, particularly as the season goes on, are going to become important so that you get the most out of your teams, particularly on matchups. So you can flip one from one position to another and uh, make sure you've got the best players in the best positions. Um, he's going to get you 55 to 65 uh, each week, barring any injuries. Um, and to tell you the truth, on, on matchups, he, he wouldn't be such a bad bad option. For instance, if you've got a Sibo in your team and uh, and the Eels are coming up against um, a, def- a nice defensive unit like a, you know, a Panthers or something. Um, rather than, you know, risk Sibos 20 or probably less knowing him that he is going to get, um, you know, you're probably better off flicking him onto the bench and playing, playing a bird for a solid 55 to 65, you know. Um, you know, so do give that some thought. It is certainly worth your while there. Okay, now we've got one more for us to look at for a little bit. And the last one that we're going to look at, it probably sounds a bit crazy, but it's Jed Cartwright. Now, Jed Cartwright, he's been I think he's had about three, three or four years now, three years in the, the NRL, trying to break into the uh, uh, first grade on a consistent basis. And he pretty much has failed, you know. You have a look at his scores, and there's nothing really to write home about. In fact, if it wasn't for a buy round and didn't need cash, you'd never even consider him in your life. Uh, but at only 205k, um, starting in an edge back row position for South Sydney this weekend, uh, he's worth a look at. And he's worth a look at because when Cam Murray comes back, he'll go straight out of the side. He won't even go to the bench. Um, the, the bench of South Sydney looks a bit too versatile and strong, particularly now they've brought Fafita over from the Roosters. Um, I just don't see a bench spot there existing for Cartwright, so he's not going to become an AE emergency. So I, I think he's one of those perfect ones that you can probably get about 40 to 50 points out of him this week. Um, then he'll exit your team and... Uh, um, he'll just be a nice enough sitting there um, that you might be able to use 
uh, for looping options, etc., like that. Um, and many teams will be starting to consider a couple of nuffs here or there throughout their team from now on just to try to get the most out of their trades and to see, of course, if they can get Pappenhausen in like we just spoke about a minute ago. Um, so that's the three players this week. Uh, just a quick one um, on the Pappenhausen versus um, uh, Latrell. Um, you know, many people, uh, there is a pot option there for you to go to Latrell rather than um, Pappenhausen. Um, I'm seriously considering it. And, and if you have a look at the matchups between the. Uh, that both teams have got. That now Cronulla versus uh, the Storm does scare me a little bit for any Storm attacking players. Um, I think uh, the Cronulla are going to defend well, um, and they are going to limit the chances of, of some of those outside backs for the Storm. Um, I think this is going to be a hard game for the Storm. They look clunky and look. Yeah, there's some real. There's a couple of little issues there in the Storm. That um, I, I don't think the Sharks are manly, let me put it that way. Uh, I don't think they're going to let Papenhausen score 100 points in seven minutes um, like he got last weekend. And with a, a BE of, of uh, about 110, isn't it? 115 or something. I, yeah, I, I, I do have some reservations there. Um, but then we look at Latrell, I don't have so many reservations. Um, you know, South Sydney coming up against Newcastle. Um, South Sydney I see bouncing very, very nicely there. I saw some positive things last week. Um, we've given them a lot of rubbish over the, uh, the last few weeks for playing like busted dogs. Um, but they, you know, with Latrell at the back there, he certainly was uh, uh, organising quite a few of them in defence and pointing out... Um, and shouting things uh, to his players uh, and trying to get them into position a lot better. Um, and I can only see that improving even more. Um, so coming up against Newcastle, I don't mind the matchup with Latrell. I think we're going to find each week um, that his combinations and his work rate at the back is actually going to be increasing. Um, so I wouldn't mind betting that he easily gets, I think he's got to be in the late 80s as well, so although it's reasonably high, I think he's um, possibly more achievable than, than what Pappenhausen's is. So have you got to choose between the two? I think there's nearly 300,000 difference in price as well. Um, and that's the next thing, 300,000 odd difference in price. I don't think they're going to score a lot different. Um, you know, I, I don't you know, Pappenhausen might get 20 or 30 more than him, but is that worth the extra 300,000? That's what you've got to consider. Um, and when you look at it like that and you think about it, you go, well, yeah, maybe I'll, you know, I'll be better off waiting a week or two. Here's a punt you've got to take. I mean, a lot of us took it last week and didn't take Pappenhausen when we had an opportunity, thinking that um, he wouldn't make um, his BE, which he didn't. And he still went up in price, so Tommy Sankster, if you can explain that to me, that'd be good. Um, I have done the maths. It, it is possible to happen, but it's still a pretty weird anomaly. <laughs> you don't hit your BE, but you go up in price. Quite funny. Um, 
but at any rate, do give that one some thought, super coaches. Yeah, your Papineau and Worcester Latrell. Um, it is a very interesting quandary there. So the three players there to have a look at: Nelson Asafa-Solomona at 3.65, um, should average in around about the mid to high 50s, if not a bit more. Uh, Jackie Bird averaging about the same for 402,000. Um, if you're downgrading uh, an option, you can even downgrade Angus Crichton and nearly make 200 grand. So um, on the Nelson one, so give that some thought. Uh, I mean, Crichton's playing like shit. Um, and if I had the opportunity to get rid of him myself, I would, but I don't this week, so um, I'm stuck with him. <laughs> um, but, you know, you do have a... You, those are a couple of really good options for you. All right, super coaches. Uh, till next week, uh, play safe, have fun, and uh, go the Blues, of course. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yes, thank you, Braddo. Am I on? Thank you, Braddo. That was awesome. Now, um, just on that. Now, I, I have seriously given some consideration in flicking. Teddy to Trell. Um, my only concern is Trell's run home towards the back end of the season gets a lot tougher, but so does Teddy's. It's going to be a matter of who who outdoes who, and I think t- with Trell taking back the goal kicking is is a plus, but his work ethic's not Teddy like, so that's that's the negative. So, uh, what about you? Would you would you think about doing that trade or? What trade would you do? At the moment, I've gone Ezra Mim to Latrell. Yeah. Not locked in cement by any stretch of the imagination, but the further on I'm getting, the more I'm liking it. Um, But Pappenhausen would be obviously my main choice if I didn't have him over Latrell. Not. <laughs> Latrell can do things that no other fullback can do. But he doesn't do them consistently enough. And for me, Teddy's constant work, even without the brilliance, outweighs Latrell's brilliance because when Teddy's brilliant, he scores just as much as Latrell anyway. Yeah. So for me, the safe bet's Teddy. But the, the, gamb- big- the gambler in me is going to ride Latrell. The big balls bet. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm riding the trail at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I know the draw's absolutely horrible, but I went back and looked last year. Melbourne Storm they played round one. You all know how Melbourne start the season. Yep, 117. So that just tells me it doesn't matter. He can just do it when he wants to do it, and I want to be there when he does it. Yeah, yeah. He does have it in him. He's a gun, like. Take nothing away from the bloke at all. Um, what about the other guys he talked about? Um, Big Naz um, running a 58 average without those uh, injury-affected games. But 58 average isn't bad for the big fella. Um, sort for, fr- of, for front row, it's up there with the best. Well, well, not, not the best best, but the second-tier best. The second-tier best, best yeah. Well, especially now Tarpany sort of coming out. Doing the things he's doing as well. Well, that, that's what's probably hurting Nels more than anything. Yeah, likes of Tarpany and that doing such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just feel if 
if you're getting a player in this week, I feel you want them to be playing for you in round 24. If not, if something happens, they can fill in at a pinch in round 24. Yeah. You want to be that confident in them. You don't want someone for a month or so at this stage of the year. Other people might feel a cash grab there. I feel a little bit slow burn. Not worth it. But each their own, I guess. Yeah. I'd only sort of do it with injury affected. If I was injury affected this week in the front row, I'd probably maybe look that way. But Well, Huss. Huss is... Looking at Miss and Origin, and they say the next two Broncos games. And even then, well, his AC joints may recover to a certain extent, but as my knowledge extends to, it's pretty much either extensive rehab over a long period of time or surgery yeah. to fix it. So it's not, they're not going to be 100% by the end of the year. And that's just a risk I'm not willing to take. If he's missing the next three games, he's got to go. Clem. Straight in for him. Not straight in. If you can jewel it up, maybe change it or just not even worry about 17 and just get someone in for you run home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one he talked about was Jack Bird. Um, Jack Bird's had potential in over the years, but for me, they just don't have the points in them, the Dragons. They're not... They're not a high point scoring side, and that really cool that cruels Jack Bird because Jack Bird's more of a finisher than a creator, in my opinion. He doesn't mind busting that last couple of tackles and scoring the try, which he doesn't get much option to do anymore. He, he got a lot of option to do that at the Sharks. So don't get me wrong, he does have it in him, and he, it'd be a good pod, especially if you you get him when he goes on that run. So I wouldn't discredit anyone for looking at him. But for me, my sort of pod from the dragon side was Moses Sui. He just keeps chugging along better and better every week. I've wrapped him for the last three or four years, and he's dudded me to start the year, but he's starting to find form. He looks like he's going to finish the year strong. So that's the way I'd probably go over there. Alrighty. Um, All right, we're approaching the crucial part of the season. So what do you do now? Like, where are you boys at with trades? How many got left? I have 12 going into this week. Same. No boost. Um, Same. I still have a boost. Um, And I think I have 13 trades. So what do you do? Do you build your team now? Do you reevaluate your dream team based on season form and, and you know? Well, I have to because my team's just gone so shit all year. Like, um, the, then, bo- the buys is where I was. Oh, I've only got 12, sorry. 12 trades and a boost. So, so do you, yeah, do you save trades for the end? No, I'm, I'm planning on boosting this week using the four trades. Oh, yeah, um, you're doing some serious maintenance. Yeah, just because I like. Why? Ah, uh, because I've still. Is this just for overall numbers, or is this to help you in head to head going forward? Uh well, just I got to clear out some deadwood, man. Like, um, I I could have boosted and got rid of Cotter last week, and I probably should have in hindsight. Just for points and other players that I was going to use. But this week, now that I get the extra one and the boost, um, like you said, Payne Haas is three weeks away. Um, at the moment, he's, rumor. he's not... But at the moment, he's not the guy. 
Um, so I can easily move him along, use his money elsewhere. Um, the problem is, but he's dropped that much money now. Yeah, he has, but oh, for me, it don't matter. Well, just it does be... if you plan on selling him. If you plan on keeping him, it doesn't matter, but if you plan on selling him, maybe yeah, but... the time's passed to do that now that it is price. Maybe, maybe not, but like if I get rid of the likes of him, and then I feel Angus Crichton's really plateaued out. It's, um, it's it's a form it's a form of the team for me. The team's not as smooth as they have been in the past, and he's just not getting the quality ball. He's still doing his defensive work, but he's really not finding an attacking stat this year at all, and. That seemed to be going elsewhere. So I just feel I'm going to move on Angus Crichton and look to maybe bring in a David Fafita. I know he's not playing, um, but we all know what David Fafita can do. And if if they don't want the sp- wooden spoon, I feel he has to be on the paddock as much as humanly possible. So I love him as a pot option to finish the season. He's definitely coming into my team. Yeah, so I was thinking about moving Angus Crichton on for him. Uh, Ruben Cotter, I was thinking about just nothing the second hooker spot um, and just salt paying the love through the team. No cook? Nah. No cook, not with their draw. Why not? Why, why are you determined to get rid of Cotter? I'm not determined to get rid of Cotter, but he's not coming back to 20, which is still three weeks away, and it's it's that time to sort of, I've got the boost there. I've got to sort of move him on, use his money elsewhere, I think. I think. See, I feel by this stage of the season, if you still have a boost remaining and you're not in contention for overall glory, the best time to use his boost now would be finals time in case you're injury-stricken, COVID struck, something happens throughout your head-to-head finals where shit's really on the line. I'm not in contention for any. All right, then. Sweet, do what you do, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've had a fucking terrible year. So, yeah, take my money. No. No, we're just reading Roscoe's thing. If you got it up, yeah. I do not have it up. So keep keep going along with something else. Um, uh, what were we talking about pre that? Um, dream team kind of thing, I think. We'll yeah, well, I've yeah. Got, like, I've got I think it's time to reevaluate it. Well, yeah, for me, some of the guys at the start of the year who were must-haves for me, the Angus Crichtons of, of the world and stuff like that, I, I just feel that they're not the guys this year. Payne Huss isn't the guy this year. Like, was well, still injury, but... Yeah. Um, but after injury, not so much. You could easily swap him out for a Lolo. Um... But like, happily. Like you would have even had Dave Fafita as must have. A lot wouldn't have now. Yeah. Um, even Brown and Thirsty. Like, they're potential must-haves too, depending on how you want to play your setup, yeah. your halves, pullback kind of thing. So a lot of people wouldn't have even thought of them at the start of the year to be nah, there not... come round 24. It was... Just Munster and enough, or Munster and Cody Walker, if they found some form, you know, and they yeah. didn't. So, yeah, Dill Bags really turned a corner this year. The way Ronaldo finished the season last year burnt well, me. I wasn't looking there at all this year, and now he's put his hand up as right up there with Garrick and Toto at the moment as 
you got to pick me kind of thing. Yeah. You, were you sort of behind if you don't have Yeah. It? Yeah, it's one of those things. How you going over there, Juzzy? Got it up? Yeah, just having a look at his buy, hold, sell. Um, we ready for that? Yep. All righty, sweet ass. Well, big shout to as big shout out to Ross Mann for doing the buy hold sell each Not week. Ross Smith? No, no, Ross Mann. Brad Smith <laughs> does PPM. Um, big shout out to Ross Smith. Nah, I'm gagging. Uh, Ross Mann. Uh, so the buyers, Pappy, get him into your team. We've already covered that. Isaiah Tass finally got a game on the weekend, seventy-one against the Eels. Uh, should be playing again this round. So, yeah, I've I've actually held Isaiah Tass, I think, on Louis' advice. So, shout out to Louis. He did say he would get some more games. It was just sort of an injury away. Here we are. Dylan Brown. I know you guys were spoken him last week as being the 17, 5, 8 to get. Or any one of you are downgrading from Munster. Either of you guys do that? No. No, Burks didn't. No. I did didn't this week. No, I didn't. You're doing it this week? Yeah, because I looked at Dylan Brown's BA, which was 90-odd. And I had other priorities, so I thought that could wait a week. Yeah. I'll pull the trigger this week. All right, fair enough. Uh, and Trell, he's saying get on Trell. Impressive game coming back from injury. Only going to get better in the run to the finals. Also pull the trigger on him this week. Pardon? Yeah, well, I haven't looked over my trades yet. but I'm Dill Bags and Trell for Ezra Mam and Munster That's at juicy. the moment. It's juicy. I like it. Hold Cameron Munster. A lot of people trading to Puppy or Trell from Munster. He reckons that's crazy. You're going to want Munster for the run home. He's only going to miss a couple of rounds. I've gone against Ross's advice here. I did that trade oh. last week, so there's no going I back now. The week I sold Harry Grant, similar advice was given. And since then, I think Harry Grant scored like 90 points in two games and lost a shitload of cash. Yeah, anything so, can happen. That's it. Uh, and for the sales, Campbell Graham re- been reported out for around six weeks with a facial fracture, which sucks because I do have him. That's and massive. Payne Haas out. Uh, Ruled out of origin, another two to three weeks. So, as Con's been putting it so eloquently, two busted shoulders. Got to go. It was inevitable. Yep. Uh, yeah, sweet ass. So, Campbell Graham, that's the big one there for me. Yeah, that absolutely. That one sucks. So that's he, coming out of the blue too, which is uh, He was looking at one of my run home that played 17, and this is why I hate buy planning. It did come into contention on that trade, I must admit, because otherwise I probably would have gone to or Garrick around the same price, mm. and I'd be in a much better position by now. That's the fickleness of it all. You can plan so much and then bang, just one or two things just have to go against you and all planning goes out the window and you're back to square one. Yeah, it's near a waste, eh? Like, it's a head, you know, it's a head miles you don't need. Like, you'd be sitting there come round seven, eight, thinking, oh, you know, I really better start focusing on this and so you start pulling trades and then come around, bang, gone. And then, oh, yeah, a couple of surprise origin selections like Nanai Cotter, yeah. et cetera. And bang, shit goes out the window that way too. It's like, yeah. oh, it's, that's what I mean. It's almost impossible to predict what's going to happen from round seven or eight when you should start your buy planning or whatever until actually round 13 comes around. Yeah. And oh. buy planning comes into place or oh, luck comes into place. How many people get suspended for that week? And it's like, come on, guys. Like, ugh. Anyway, what do you do? Uh, we're going to move into some questions. Don't plan think? for it and write it out. Huh? Don't really have many. 
Uh, we did have a few people jump in the comments. Kay Burgess was firing up on the refs. Says, yeah, the refs have been off the boil, but he does, doesn't this happen every year? It's usually part of sport in general. Watch anything else, you'll see. Um, oh, I understand. But I'm still going to bitch about it. But you know what? They're jo- it's not like they work 52 weeks a year. I understand. I understand. There's like, you know what? There's got to be a way to keep him fresh. It's not like they ref every game every week either. They're not. They're not as flat out as they should be at at this point in the year where they're having a lull. Yeah, but when you're not flat out in your day to day life, do you ever make a mistake? No, not me. No. Yeah, of course not. That's not Everyone makes mistakes. But it's not even that, man. Like we've got so many. Other officials out there meant to be helping them, and they oh. co- they'll manage to chime in and call other things back. At the, at like, the end you know. of the day, you got eight minutes of football. If you're going to come back and say, "Oh, these one or two or three even referee decisions screwed us throughout the whole game," yes, because it's a hard pill to swallow. Even though I said Roosters got robbed last week against Penrith, I sound hypocritical, but you do. Yeah, I know you do, but if it's a pivotal moment of the game and the momentum just takes gets taken away from you, or like that was a pretty good tackle at the time, it was fifty or forty out. It that was probably one in the fifty, sixty, seventy actual moments that are game changers. Like a lot of them are just incidental games for incidental incidents throughout the game. Oh, you know, and a lot of them get laxed as well, and it's at the end of a drumming when things just get so old, don't worry about it sort of thing, you know? Like, it's, that happens a lot. It's too officiated, doesn't get as officiated as hard when someone's whooping someone, mm. if you catch me drifting. Yeah, I do. But I got, so I got some questions. I got one from Brian Ings. I have Robson, Uppy, McInnes, and Brendan Smith as hookers in my side. I'm thinking of keeping Uppy and... Robbo to the end, but it would be better to trade one this week and move Smith to the hooker spot. This would free up a spot for offer of Hengaway to slot into my second row and give me 15 players for the 17, currently sitting 712th. So it's big decisions as, and to have that many players as, come this round. It's as good. long as you have enough money to upgrade Smith. Within in the next one or weeks, two yeah. rounds to preferably Harry Grant or Damien Cook if he keeps going the way he's going. But Harry Grant's obviously the top option, but I wouldn't like to run home with that. And I'd want to get rid of McInnes and Brandon Smith ASAP. Yeah, I see. I even thought about selling McInnes even though he plays the buy round just because Finucane's oh, back. In and... that situation, the 712th, you'd keep him for this round, but you wouldn't want to keep him for much longer after that. Yeah. Yeah, so who would you get rid of, Arpy or Robson? Who do you see having a better finish for the rest of the year? This week? For the rest of the year, Robson, Arpy, say for next four games. Well, I'm, I'm personally leaning towards back and Robson home. Yeah. But that's fickle. So well, the thing that is, that could change. Like I could run with Cotter, I could run with Cook, I could run with Appy, or I could run with Robson. Yeah, Robson's the appeal because of his pod. Cotter's the appeal because of his jewel. And Grant's just a given. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I 
for me, I'd probably move Arpy on myself, just because he's the one there that doesn't play the bigger minutes. Well, I think he's had two big scores in his last two. I think his break-even's pretty low, so you, if you don't need the number 17, you'd probably ride Appy out for at least another decent price rise. Well, you could use that. Flicking him. Arpy and that could up, the Arpy money there could upgrade Smith to a Grant. Oh, I, I think Appy and Grant could be a good combination towards the end. Yeah. All right. Elijah Tiffany. Think him selling money to Papi, so Munster, to Papi and bringing him back next week after Cody Walker plays so I can keep drinking. Any good? Let's say again. Okay. Thinking of selling Munster to Papi and bringing him back next week after Cody Walker plays this week. That way he can keep drink water. So he's obviously got drink water. Aren't you selling Munster this week for Papi Nelson? No, I sold Munster for Papi last week. Make oh, the okay. points. Um, yeah, look, I get what he's doing. He just wants to keep the extra 5-8 there. For the week. So he'll, sell, he'll probably sell Cody Walker next week. Yeah. But um, that means next week Cody Walker will go to Munster. Probably. But it depends. Because at the end of the day, I think Cody Walker's break-even is pretty high. So are you keeping Cody Walker just for his possibly 40 or 80 points, maybe less, and a price drop to then trade him back to Munster, just to have him for 17? I to dare me, say that's, that's a waste of a trade. If you're going to do it, you just flick Cody Walker now. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't hope Cody Walker for a price drop and potential... Decent score. It just doesn't seem worth a trade to me. Gurgi's wise words, everybody. So jump on Cody Walker. He's going to have a fucking blinder this week. All right. Dan Morgan, is it feasible to run without little Pappy this week? Absolutely. Look, it is. It's always feasible to run without anyone because basically he could... Yeah, like get injured or anything could happen. But um, he could score six tries in seven minutes too. He could, he could, and that would be terrible for Dan. Well, <laughs> what, what you got to do is weigh up the odds. What's the odds of Pappenhausen going ninety plus, and what's the pa- odds of Pappenhausen not going ninety plus? If you think the odds are greater of him going ninety plus, jump straight on. If you think they're less, he's not a must. All right, that's the way. Con's busted that down. I think he's a must this week. But oh, absolutely. Well, um, I, th- I think based on that logic, I think, yeah, he is a sure thing for 90 plus pretty much. He usually is, so. If not, high 80 he'll take. Yeah. You know, it'll come good. But like you said, like, last four minutes of that game, so you never know. And they don't give up. They prove that. We thought they were gone. Commentators have written them off. Like, they don't give up. They almost got back in it. Almost. They left it too late. Let's see, I, I reckon it was close to 90 points he scored in those last, I think, three minutes of actual game time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all the questions. That was like the outrageousness I heard. Joey Chestnut ate 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yeah, good That's 6.3 hot dogs a minute. That's a hot dog every 10 seconds. Yeah. How crazy is that? That's Quick three. Maths. That's three chews. That is outrageous. To a like, hot dog. How uh-uh. can you, like, let alone how can you eat sixty-three hot dogs? But how can you eat 
a hot dog every 10 seconds. They dip them in water and pretty I, much I get swallow that, them whole. But you've still got to swallow that. Mm. You've got to hold that. you got to eat that. Yeah, it's pretty full on. Wouldn't want to poop it all get, out, get that's for eat, sure. If you've got a eating competition super cage, Joey Chestnut's your man. Right, eh? Would you rather vomit it out afterwards or have to poop it out? Yeah, you'd rather poop it out? I'd rather vomit it out and let it go through me. I hate vomiting. So so do I, but... But, well, (laughs) 64 hot dogs, it it begs the question. I didn't mean to swear like that, but far 64 hot dogs. (laughs) Moving on. I'm just saying, it's got to go somewhere. We've all all had to do a meat poo after Uh, a big barbecue. Right. You got anything there, mate? Um, I don't think I sure as fuck I'm finishing on that. <laughs> um, you wouldn't be but, pooping rocks, you'd be pooping boulders, bro. Bro, we just lost like 12 people. I don't think so. <laughs> My bad. Know, it's mate, 10 o'clock so. at night, if you can't oh, handle a poo joke. What else we got? No, that's it, I was just going to say, um, just quickly, we were talking about Origin earlier, like, because we're pretty much done as Supercoach-wise, um. Talking origin earlier, and I, I like this is my personal thought. I don't know. Everyone might think I'm a little bit mad, but I think Talakai gets dropped and he plays for the Sharks, and Jackie Boy White makes the bench for the Blues. So um, who becomes 18th man then? Not sure. Not fast. Why? You don't know Hines and Pats? Yeah, I do, but I don't think it'll so be Pats either. becomes 18th man. You're, you're not fast. It might just be Talakai that becomes 18th. You know, oh, I, I know on versatility, it's not a smart, yeah. smart play. If Talakai's not in the seventeen, he's not in the eighteen. But I just, I, I don't know if it's just me feeling hard done by for Jackie Boy, but he was definitely, definitely Jack, Jackie's being stooge, bro. Like definitely worth a shout if, and definitely if, worth a bench. If he wore worse. a different coloured jersey, he'd be playing this way. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt if he was fucking maroon, he'd be. Anywhere he'd, he'd find a spot for him, yeah, somewhere. But for me, like our first couple of games, we do you carried... boot Damien Cook and play him as 14? Well, that was the thing that was, was going to say. We carried it back in the first couple of games. No, I'd, I think it'd be harsh to boot Cook. You can't boot Cook. I think, I think Appy would have to go if you're going to go down that route personally. Just well, the one two punch worked, and the one two punches worked. Time and time again with the two hookers. Um, it's just two totally different games, and sometimes defences can't it's adjust not ready for between. The game. Well, they yeah. just can't adjust between. It's just so different. Like, and that's that's sometimes the the good thing about having two hookers. But you lose, you lose and punch off the bench. Well, I say, I, I don't think the two hooker system is why New South Wales won that game at all. Oh, fuck no. Like, we, we Appy just could have played 80, Cook could have played 80, and the result would have been the exact same. We 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 had we just had the better night on the night. Like, we had we better intensity and shit. Like. Well, the first half, it was anyone's game. It was could have gone either way. Yep. Fully agree. And then us being down to 12 is no excuse. No, that, he does a lot of work, it, bro. But... They scored that last try after he was off, which did change the game. It just went in front ahead 14-12, I think, instead of 12-8 down. And then that extra nine minutes of after the second half, it's 
big difference, and I think the next game's going to be a lot closer. I can see a one-point golden pointer kind oh, of thing. I'd love a golden point filler, bro, as long as we win it. I think like a 14-15 either way. I, I can't pick which way. I hope Queensland, but... Who kicks it? Well, hopefully Ben Hunt. No, charge down. No, Ch- Ch- Ches-, Ches would kick it because he's a double footer. But we we got options. We got Munster, we got Ches, we got Hunt, Grant Snake, Tinky one, KP at the back. He's KP playing. Yeah. So we we got plenty of options. New South Wales, on the other hand, got one, maybe two. Nathan, oh, do you trust Birdo to do Origin? Well, obviously you go Nathan as priority, and then Birdo's your backup. But apart from that, I reckon Crichton could slot one in in a pinch. Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, possibly, but... Look, I'm telling you, yeah, Nate's our... They wouldn't be setting up bro. for it. Nah, no, Birdo's dead. Well, if you're 40-odd you you out, don't you remember, I'm going to Birdo before I'm going to Nate. Don't you remember Juzzy's stat? Birdo put week? one over from 60. Remember that game they played Jews? Yeah. He had five cracks for no no gets. No. Yeah. I don't know. Finished 14 all. Yeah, just hit yeah. the post. He had five cracks for no gets. He's, he had the post like three yeah, four that was times. Bert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Sean has quickly thrown a couple of questions in here. Sean says, G'day, lads. Sean What's going on? Lucky week for me. Held Tass, sold Hass. Nice. To sell Cotter co- or not to sell this week? Burning question. McInnes to Grant. Next week, Paps and Trell in this week. Oops. I like that. Cotter. See, yeah, that's the thing. I've got Jones with Cotter as well. Do I hold Cotter or do I sell Cotter? But if that's what you get out of it, you get Puppy, Trell. Who else was on that list? McInnes to Grant next week. Yeah, Grant, like bang, 100%. Well, yes, Paps and Trell this week and then yeah. Grant next week. Yeah. Just by trading out Cotter. Oh, he's probably, he's probably got other moves, but yeah, that's... Yeah, obviously they have to upgrade, upgrade Teddies and whatever, but... I don't, I don't mind if, that. Yeah, getting rid of Cotter frees up that kind of cash. It's a given. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what I am happy with, that Jerbo, Jerbo maintains his spot, but I don't like Jordan McLean. I'm going to level with you, that Regan Campbell-Gillard spot that was. Um, he, like we talked about, he was best, probably another one best on ground game one. I didn't watch him defensively, I don't nah, know. He, if, he wasn't, by any by stretch of imagination, best on ground. But no, not best forward what, for us. What he put out. In the forward stocks in game one, he was definitely top two or three in the New South Wales pack. And yeah, so I felt he probably got over, a bit hard done by by McLean getting a spot. I, even though McLean was, remember he was there a couple of years ago and then got injured. That storm and then yeah. the Cowboys got hurt. So he just um, fell apart. Like he, he was there. Yeah. He was on the cusp of origin. So oh, we we can only hope so. I'm, but Gerbo, Gerbo does a job. He does a good job for us in the middle. So I'm, I'm stoked he's there again. So there's rumours that Paulo might be shuffled up to start McLean come from the bench. Yeah, I'd handle that. Just I could handle not want to throw him in the cold <coughs> in the cider. I do like I do like Junior Paul off the bench, but Yeah. Yeah, I, he he offers variety, you know what I mean? He's not just a run in the mill front rower, he's but got footwork. Do, do you need that? Instead of just having two straight up and down as like McLean and Trubovich starting, well, I think you're just I think get picked off because you know they're just going to run straight, no offloads, no ball play, no footwork. I it. think you do now. Payne Ars is gone, which that that 
could be the elevation for for Junior to the start. Like um, I know Jakey Ball plays for Manly, but he showed oh, it's very in different. Origin too. He was run, 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 run. He's playing front row, you know. Like Whether the tactics change or not this time, I don't. I don't think so. But I think these two straight up and down is. Well, I think that's. His, I think that's Queensland. his. I think that's his job. I think. Um, I think it'd just be disheartening to see him throw an offload and not get it right. So. It's his Paulo. job. Nah, I'm talking. Paul A. saw a respect it, but Jakey, Jakey's there to lock. Harden the team a bit, you know. That's what I mean. So I don't feel like. Did you you seen Jakey at the end? He was fucking so happy to be there. Like he yeah, was 100%. so. Well, he, no, Jakey, hundred percent deserves to be. I'm not taking er, any name. Everything was just nice. I just don't feel Jakey can play his manly game for New South Wales. Well, yo's. At the oh, third you end. can't. You can't. He yo, has to run the ball. Yo's better, and he doesn't offer a great deal. I love Jakey, but he doesn't offer a great deal when he runs the ball. He's yeah. not a pain hustle or something with Junior Paulo even. <coughs> and McLean, I think, is very similar. Yes. All right, so that's us, is it? Are we going to bring our readjusted dream teams next week? Next week, after all the buys, origin said and done. Yep. I think that's time to recalibrate fully. And Oh, did we touch on the save and the trades for the last few rounds or stack your team ASAP? I mean, I asked that, that question. Week. Did we, did we answer it? Oh, I think you sort of moved on from it. Oh, sorry. Uh, Cade Burgess, round 17. Uh, no, how many nuffs are you running in each position for the run home? Uh, ideally one in the front row. I've got two in the second row at the moment. So that's three. How many in the centres? And I've got one in the centres, I think. Yeah, ideally three total. Yeah? Didn't you say you got a dream team of 21? I did. You're right. So you need another it's one just chair. just up 22. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let me just double-check, see if we've got any. All right, so, yeah. Good luck this weekend, coaches, on your um, buy-affected week. Yeah, that's it. Good luck with your snipe teams, everyone. I hope you fucking don't beat us. Anyone out here in the Hawkesbury, stay safe, stay afloat. Con. Good luck, mate. Thanks. Water's probably, what, 150 metres from your house? Yeah. If, if you need me, guys, I've <laughs> got a little boat out the back, I'll come pick you up. So, yeah, it's pretty up there, so, yeah. Oh, the roads are open? Oh, the roads would be sweet, bro. Yeah, I know. Rivers are open. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, no, there's been some tragic shit that actually happened, so. It is. It's very, very sad. Unfortunately, these people have gone through it time and time again. Mm. And it never get easier. So Thank- peace out. Thanks for listening. Stay coachy, coaches. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.